Good morning. It's Thursday, March 2nd. Mama's birthday today. Happy birthday to Mama. She doesn't listen. I don't know that she knows how to get to. Um, she said she watched the video one time but couldn't follow it. So, uh, But happy birthday, Mama. And I got like two hours of sleep last night. So I am going to... Uh, your boy is white, by the way. If you want to see my hair, go on to YouTube. Um, and see my hair, subscribe on YouTube. I've gotten a bunch more subscribers, so I know that you guys are listening and, and going over there and subscribing. So um, just make an effort. That's all I ask. Uh, spy, where are we going? Well, we're still going down. I mean, we don't have confirmation. We're still under the nine day. We're under the 21. The 50 day is starting to move over. We're in this key position here between the 200 and the 50. Um, and that could be a range where we kind of use the 200 day, which is at 390 in pre-market you're at 392. This would be way down if um, Salesforce didn't blow the numbers out yesterday. Um, Salesforce is kind of holding up the Dow. Uh, it's holding up the s and p. it's it's I mean, it's up seventeen percent, eighteen percent in pre-market. Um, they just they they blew it away. So, with, with SPY, it definitely looks like, remember we talked about, I wasn't sure for the last few days where it was going. This is a four-hour uh, candle, so it's two candles per day. It's clear we're heading down. So if you want to use your inverse um, uh, levered ETFs, uh, you could use, let's see, um, you can use SQQQ, uh, which will be going up which we had to buy it back here on February 7th at $35.29. You're at $40. Uh, I think I got in at about $36 or so. So I'm still in that one. Uh, you could use SPXU, uh, which is, uh, we had a buy-in down here at $13.78. You're at $15.36. Um, you could use is SPXL. That's the bull shares. So that's not one. You could use SARK. Uh, which we had a buy-in down here on February 7th at 39.24. You're at 42. Um, let's see what SDS is. The Ultra Pro Ultra Short. Uh, this is another Ultra Short. SDS. We have that one buy-in February 7th at $40.34. Um, Uvixie is one. It tries to track the uh, the VIX. It doesn't do a great job. And again, we had a buy-in here at 524, kind of got you out with a 4% loss. You'd still be out of that one. Eh, not a great chart looking chart here, but that's with the VIX going up, the VIX has been going down. You had this buy-in here at 63.89 back on February 28th, just a couple of days ago. Um, so you could use SVIX if you want. SDAO, which is an ultra short Dow 30. We had a buy-in here on February 16th at 25.12. You're at 28.09. Nice 10%. Uh, SRTY, which is short the Russell 2000. On February 7th, you had a buy-in here at 39.62. You're at 42.43. Um, UMDD, which is an ultra pro. No, that one's an up one. Uh, URTY, let's see. Is this the Russell? Yeah, that's the ultra, ultra pro Russell. So again, uh, SRTY, which is a short of the Russell, um, SDAO, which is a short of the Dow 30, uh, SVIXI for the VIX actually going down, uh, SARK, uh, and SPXU, and SQQQQ. Any of those you've had good runs on. 
does you still have confirmation you still have it going down uh sqqq on the four hour timeline still has confirmation above that that nine day so it it does look like we're still moving in the downward direction uh i talked about uh salesforce holding the the dow up salesforce just had a crazy good quarter and i was just telling youtube i said here's the thing um it should have been clear to all of us absolutely all of us that crm was going to blow things out of the water you have five uh hostile fairly hostile not super hostile uh activist investors who have said that salesforce just is not taking advantage of their actual earnings and there's more money that can be made. Well, they blew it out of the water. Again, $1.68 per share. Um, they had upward guidance. Um, it looks like they are getting their costs under control. So th- with that, they're up, uh, let's see, they are up 16% at $194. By the end of the year, I kind of think it's a $220 stock again. Honest to God, I just think... This, this thing has so many gaps on the way up um, to cover that I do think you get to this 206 to 209 um, in a healthy market. And I say healthy market knowing that right now we're still moving down. There is still significant pressure downward. This one's one of the, uh, the, 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 the kind of outliers that has been beaten down, showed good earnings, showed promise. Again, their thing is not demand. Uh, their problem is cost, and it is a lot easier to cut cost than it is to create demand, which we see with Snowflake. Snowflake, they have a, a situation where they're just not cutting costs fast enough. Um, and by the way, the algorithm for CRM, it was ironic, I posted this on the private Facebook group, but the algorithm with CRM got you in at 165.52. It was a trigger yesterday on the afternoon candle. Uh, well, if you bought, thinking that, hey, we're going to have a MACD cross-up and Gary's algorithm, you know, if I had TrendSpider, I could look at it. I should buy it at 165 because the cross-up is happening. Uh, well, you would be nice, you know, 16, 17% gainer. Uh, but just to show you that the algorithm is not foolproof and, and news comes out, Snowflake had a buy-in at 154.61. Uh, and that is down 10% at 139. Uh, It was just costs. That's all it is. You can see 11 cents per share, 14 cents per share. They announced that they're going to hire thousands of workers. Um, They have a lot of growth that they need to fund. And this one is significantly expensive. When you look at Snowflake and Salesforce are in the same business. It's software as a service. Salesforce, their forward PE is 28. When you look at Snowflake, their forward PE is 297. So Snowflake has a huge, a much bigger growth pattern that is needed to support that. And that's the difference. Um, and I don't know, I talked about it a little bit yesterday, I think, but Okta, which is a software program as well, um, this one in pre-market is blowing it away as well. At $80, it's up 12%. Uh, the algorithm did not have you a buy. It probably will give you a buy today just based on that. They made 30 cents a share. They're a profitable company. They're making money. That's why it's going good. So uh, if you want to play in earnings today, Costco reports today. Uh, Costco has been a falling knife uh, ever since. 
This, this uh, buy-in here at 458, and you had a 9% gain that you got out of February 13th. The high was 530 bucks, which would have made you at least 20% on this one. Uh, but the algorithm got you out, uh, and it, again, it plays in a middle ground. It doesn't time the bottom, doesn't time the high, but it got you out with a 9% gain, and this one is under the, the nine-day, so it doesn't have confirmation. The, the real roll of the dice here is, does it come down to cover this gap between 462 and 453 with a, hey, our, uh, our stores are weaker? Uh, we expect weaker sales because of the consumer, we might be heading into a recession, our costs have gone up. There's a number of different things in the economy that could spur this one down. What could spur this one up is, hey, we're going to take a membership price increase of you know a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is. I think 40 million members or something. Uh, that would be a significant uh, gain to the bottom line. Uh, cover inflation costs, blah, blah, blah. The algorithm, so you know, just so you know, the algorithm doesn't have you in, but the algorithm does outperform on this stock. It makes you 65% over a thousand candles, whereas just buying and holding the stock makes you 51%. Your average win is 10%. So my personal opinion, again, I say under 500, you can buy it. It's trading right now at 477. Um, it's down. It doesn't have confirmation, so I'm tempted not to buy it. The only thing that's put pointing me towards buying it is the RSI is at 31, and it's so oversold. The last time this the, the RSI was down this low was this 450 level. Doesn't mean anything. The RSI is just relative strength index. It just measures buyers versus sellers, and there are more sellers than there are buyers right now. Well, if buyers don't show up at this price, you're going to continue to have downward pressure on it. So that's all that means. They're reporting after the bell. You can kind of take that one. Um, before I get into Tesla and kind of other things, let me talk about a, a fellow retailer, Macy's. They beat. Uh, and I talked about this one at $20. It closed at $20.43. Your boy didn't buy it. But I talked about how low that RS, that MACD was. Um, the RSI was at 32, which is kind of quote unquote no man's land. Uh, Macy's had a strong consumer. They gave upbeat guidance. They're trading under the 200 day. You're seeing there's a gap here between 22.23 and 21.92. They're trading up 6% at 21.65. I would expect this gap to get filled before the ex-dividend date, which is March 14th. Good earnings. Really good earnings. Um, Sam from Facebook, why don't we look at SB, which is Safe Bulkers. It's a shipping company. There's all these talk of shippers and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is one that, you know, they, they had their earnings at 29 cents. You've crossed your ex-dividend date, so you're really not looking at any catalyst. It's had quite a run from $2.71 on December 12th. It's gotten you in and out. There's 6% gain, $2.71, and then you're up at $3.80. That's a huge gain. I mean, even if you didn't listen to the algorithm, get out and get back in, you just did that. Great gain on this one. Uh, I don't see a lot taken out of this. We'll look at the fundamentals. This one, the algorithm does make you 77% versus just 38% when you buy and hold. Um, your average win on this one is 18%. There are some big moves in this one. What would keep me out of this is what I just t told you, the RSI. 
The RSI is at 71. They are way more buyers than sellers on this. That's a dangerous thing because what people tend to do is people tend to actually start taking profits. Uh, that It's above that nine day, so it's still got confirmation. I don't know that you necessarily get into this one right now. I mean, let's look at the fundamentals. Um, the PE is two, so it's super down there. The, the dividend, nice dividend at 5.25%. Year to date, you're up 30%. You're 25% off your 52-week high, which is $5.12. You're 62% above your uh, 52 week low, which was $2.35. Um, there's, you know, let's look at Jeffrey, September 26th, $5 to $4 price target. Um, you can read this about Global Newswire, leading dry bulk and container shipping, diversified shipping, MLPs, participating capital links, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no insider stuff. I don't know. In my mind, I think there's probably better shippers for you to get into. I mean, we talked about rig yesterday, uh, EGLE, SBLK. You can just look up shippers. Um, rig had a cross up here at $7.05. Their RSI is at 55. I think you've got a better opportunity in rig. Um, their PE is a little bit higher uh, than safe bulk. Um, their forward PE is 18, but rig just does oil. I mean, that, it's a great, great company. Um, so I, I wish I would have bought on at the $5 range. But again, we had this cross up at $7.05. Got you out with a 32% gain. We're coming off of that one. You're well above your 200-day. Um, you're above that 9-day. I'd rather see you kind of probably go into rig just because it hasn't. The most recent run hasn't happened. That MACD is still down there. Um, the RSI is moving up a little bit. I think any shippers, typically when you're hearing, you know, when your grandmother brings it up at Christmas dinner or at, you know, family dinner, uh, whatever's coming up, yeah, it's too late. So if you're reading articles about shippers and how hot it is and blah, 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 that's because it's already run. So typically you kind of stay out of that one. Let's talk about Tesla Investor Day. Uh, <laughs> huge letdown. Uh, it is trading down 7% at 186. I say anything under 200, I think you're fine in this one. <clears throat> they were short on details. Uh, more general, um, you see this ascending triangle. You're going to be right about here, it looks like. Uh, you had the golden cross of the 200 on the 50-day. If we go and we look at a daily versus the four-hour, uh, again, the four-hour looks quick, you can see that 200-day provided resistance on the daily. So even though you went from 100 to 200 and you doubled from December until the end of February, uh, the, the buyer showed up. You can see the volume drove this price. Their earnings, $1.19. They continued to blow it away as far as earnings. You can see the RSI went all the way up to 68, um, you know, 71. It was super, super high. And you're looking at the RSI right now at 48. I would say this, this gap here, this is on the daily between 155 and 147. I've been fooled by these gaps before. Uh, as this one comes down to 187 here, you've still got a gap above at 256 and you've still got a gap below. So in my mind, if you're into Tesla, I mean, it makes no sense not to get in under 200. Don't blow your nut on it. You know, if you got $1,000 that you want to put into Tesla, identify how much you want to put in there. Under 200 today uh, at 187, 
I'd probably put it at 185. I think there is going to be some selling pressure at, at 185. I think some people will get out of that one. Uh, I think options will probably take a hit. I'd probably, I'm, I'm probably going to be looking at getting back in at 185. Um, I will put in significantly more than uh, than a thousand dollars, but I'll probably put 10 percent of my total position in today, uh, buying in strategically, but probably. Uh, the market looks like it opened, so Tesla's moving up. It's at 187. So I don't know if there's buying pressure that everybody's buying under 200, but I would look into that one. Um, what I liked about Tesla Investor Day, the Cybertruck will ship this year. That Cybertruck, we got to look inside of it. Oh my God, I loved it. Uh, FSD, they mentioned chat GPT and AI about 5,000 times. I thought that was going to send the stock just flying. It didn't. Um, I am not sure that they achieve level four or five on, on autonomy just based on what the, the presentation. They were talking about a parked car in a situation. It was a European street with a roundabout um, and a parked car was on the right-hand side and how uh, the, the autopilot didn't, you know, was, was braking for that car and how they could do it with machine learning. All I'm thinking about is there's so many variables. Um, with a parked car and blah, blah, blah. And they knew that there was no driver in there. Well, what about driverless cars? If you got a driverless car, then you got to teach the algorithm well. That car might be going somewhere. So I, I just don't think they get to autonomous level four or five, uh, which is where you can sit in the back seat, not have a driver, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they get there with just visual. It, it's my personal opinion. It's their biggest margin product. Um, somebody asked me, uh, on Instagram last night, well, how, I, I just don't, you know, if everybody switches to electric cars, the grid can't handle it. Well, that's the point of Tesla. The point of Tesla is not to provide, to rely on the grid. The point of Tesla is to put localized electricity, solar panels on your roof, a battery in your garage, a car that drives on that. And for the most part, you charge it home. So that's the point of Tesla. That's the point of these investor days is to put it in perspective like that. Uh, it's not about putting pressure on the grid. The grid obviously will need to be used for the foreseeable future. But he's talked about putting solar panels and batteries at the charging locations. And rather than using local electricity, he'll just get it from renewable sources and store it in batteries. Um, that's what he's doing for, uh, I think it's California electricity. And I talked to, uh, to one of my friends who's an electrician who understands the grid. He's one of these master electricians and understands all this stuff. Understand that I think currently 30% of the energy created at the location, and that's your energy plants, 30% of that energy created does not ever get to endpoints. It's lost in transmission. 30%. Imagine creating a product and then 30% just disappears into air. So you've got the cost of creating that product. You've got the uh, environmental effects of creating that, uh, that thing and just 30% of it goes away. That's what Elon is talking about. Localized uh, origination and localized use in order to optimize the, the, the use of that. Now, we're not there. Uh, it's clear. I mean, I'm not one of these hippies that says, yeah, we have to go, you know, the Green New Deal is happening tomorrow. Hell no. And I don't even think it's going to happen in 30 years. I think it's going to happen even further. My personal opinion, 
We need to be the, the, the leaders in that one. America needs to lead the charge in uh, renewable energy because you guys saw it. Even with oil, uh, with the Russian oil crisis, um, where, where Europe kind of didn't have natural gas and, and they were relying on Russia, they're going to rely on new renewables. I mean, the world is going to run on renewables. Um, I worked for a charity organization that did solar panels for um, African villages. And essentially, rather than burning fires in order to light the villages at night, we'd give them, you know, through charity programs, a solar panel and some light bulbs. Simple as that. Uh, you know, minor, minor differences and changes make a big difference in some places. But in my mind, I think that's where Tesla's going. That's where this investor day was going. Uh, it's more big picture stuff. You can invest in it. Uh, I tend to trade it. I would have been better off holding my Tesla stock from the beginning rather than trading it. So I do think that getting in under 200, I think you're fine for the long term. Uh, they had two cars. I posted it on the private Facebook group, the picture. Uh, they had a slide where two cars were under sheets. It looks like one is probably a delivery van kind of thing. And the other one looks like a smaller car. And I don't know if that's the Roadster. I don't know if the, it's the Model 2. But there was a lot of talk about a Model 2, uh, which is a $25,000 car. And they, didn't, they made mention of a lower cost car. They made mention of lower cost manufacturing. And that's the key. If their margins continue to go up because they continue to cut the costs, that's enormous. That's something that your traditional automakers are not doing. So they make more money off of their cars. They can cut the prices of their cars. They undercut the competition and they have better tech. So for me personally, I like the, the, the tech. Um, yeah. Uh, R-E-T-Q, R-E-T-A. Uh, let me see. Is it Reta? R-E-T-A. I saw this one. Um, yeah, Reta Pharmaceuticals. They got an FDA approval of a rare disease treatment yesterday. This one popped. You got a gap up here. You went from about $40, $45 up to $85.46. Today you're trading at $89, so it's $90. You're down 5%. Uh, they got an FDA approval, like I said, for a rare disease. You can do more research into it. Their earnings are coming up on March 14th. It, it, it popped. The, the, the volume was crazy. Uh, here's what you have to know about this uh, disease treatment. Uh, the cost is $320,000 per year. That is significantly higher than what the, the market expected. So this is just a, a company that's popping on news. They've got a new drug, a new treatment, blah, blah, blah. I saw this one yesterday and I said, eh, let me bring it up. Um, I got a message yesterday about uh, could myself in the weekly stock pick, uh, his pick this week is Merck. Could we get together and just promise, uh, do, you know, develop a strategy that gives you 1% each week? Dude, that is way harder than, than you think um, because even at a week, even at a day, um, you know, making 1% is not a given. If you can do that uh, each day, I think there's 200, 200 some trading days a year, 220 somewhere around there. If you could do that per day, you're doing really well <laughs> uh, and you trade every day. Uh, good luck with that. Um, because you just can't time the market like that. If I could make 1% a day, I'd be perfectly happy. Uh, my goal during 2020 and 2021 was making 10% per day. And the way you did that was not with an algorithm. It was not with anything other than momentum trading. 
And it was using, all I did was use the nine-day EMA. That's it. Uh, when it was over it, I had confirmation I could buy. I could scalp it for one, two, three percent. Uh, but moves were big then. Today, you've got big, um, big moves down. And so the only way that you could, could really do that, um, you could trade CRM on a five-minute chart. I mean, you know, if you wanted, let's look at a CRM on a five-minute chart. Even the 65-minute algorithm that I talk about that's on the, uh, the YouTube video that, where it's an eight-day EMA. Um, you know, CRM on a five-minute chart, uh, it doesn't have a confirmation right now. So well, it does have a confirmation, but it's just it's trending downward. So I don't know, you know, if you could actually do that, but if you wanted to, um, you know, try and make 1% a day, it's not a bad, bad thing to do. I mean, don't chase huge, grandiose profits every day. Uh, if you're chasing huge, grandiose profits every day, um, you're probably going to endure some losses as well. So it, 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 it's, it's not a bad idea. 1%, you limit your upside, therefore you limit your downside. Because uh, one of the things that you want to talk about when you want to look at strategies, and I talk about strategy a lot, but one of the strategies you want to take as a day trader is, if your goal is 10%, and that's typically what mine is for a, a, a swing trade, and, and I'm not doing day trading, I'm doing swing trading, which is you know two, three days, you could hold it for a little bit longer than a day, you could hold it for months, but my goal is, is 10%. Um, the, the downside on that is I have a, a stop at 5%. So I'm risking 5% to gain 10%. Typically, you can grow into a strategy like that. If you look at most MACD strategies, just Google on, um, on YouTube, MACD 10% uh, upside, 5% downside. You'll find strategies out there all the time that you can use. But again, having that strategy, great idea implementing that strategy and coming up with a quote-unquote algorithm that does it for you, a lot harder than you would think. Because remember, algorithms don't track news cycles. It is simply a reaction. And past performance doesn't promise future performance. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, PXD, this is one that I've wanted to get into. I haven't gotten into the um, the, uh, the, the <laughs> ex-dividend date is tomorrow. So you have to own this one in order to get the ex-dividend date. It's trading at 2603 right now, 2630, sorry. I'm probably just going to market by this one today. Uh, I like that dividend. The dividend will take at, get taken out. It's just I didn't hit that 204. We had a MACD cross up at 20477 a couple days ago. I didn't listen to it. I want to get into this one. I will add probably 20% of my total position size today. Uh, it's under the 200-day. Natural gas is on its way up. Oil. Uh, is only down because of demand. Demand will only increase in my mind. If we go into a recession, that's the fears that's keeping this down. Devon is another one. Uh, their ex-dividend date is quite a bit out, March 14th. I already own a good portion of my portfolio at this. I think my average purchase price is around $51. Um, uh, on the four-hour algorithm, if we look at this one, I think this one was around 51 I'm sorry, 55.12 was the buy on the four hour. You're trading at 54. It's just kind of going across. You got a, a, a gap up here at 55.68. I would say you're probably fine buying anywhere between 54 and 55. Um, your ex-dividend date is March 14th. And that MAGD is super low. What you have to worry about with Devin is they talked about significantly higher costs and investments in the business going forward. 
But you do get a good dividend here on March 14th, and I continue to think that their dividend is pretty safe. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, I know I had said that I bought Cleveland Cliffs at uh, about $20, and I think it was $0.90 cents or something. The algorithm had $20.68. I got it at $20.90. If it dips down to the 20 handle again, I will add more to my position. Simple as that. The RSI ran up. Uh, sellers showed up. The RSI is at 61 right now. The MACD is still in an upward trend. If that, if that relative strength index comes under 50, then you're probably seeing it come back to the 20 handle. I think it's a $30 stock at some point. They announced that they're able to raise prices and cut costs. That's the type of business you want to be in. And these guys are, you know, we're producing more cars than we ever have. The semiconductor glut is, is out. So, you know, car manufacturers are asking for more steel. You've got infrastructure products that need more steel. These are the guys that are going to do it. No doubt in my mind, you, you, you just put your money into this one at a 20 handle. Um, and I'm, I'm personally doing it. And I don't do a lot of trading on, the, on this podcast, but I do that one. Uh, Bank of America. I own Wells Fargo. It's been holding up. Bank of America has not. Uh, Bank of America is down at 33.24. It is down 2%. It is below its 200-day. Anytime it's below its 200-day, you can probably feel safe buying it. You had this golden cross here February 1st where the 50 days up there. It is significantly below that. Their earnings, their ex-dividend date is today. So the dividend was taken out. That's why you're seeing it so low. I think you're fine buying it. Look at the way it's, it's reacted. Um, you know, in the last dividend, you had the dividend taken out at 36. You went all the way down to 31. Um, I think financials are fine. This one has been in trading range for quite a while between 30 and 40. So if you buy it at 33, do you have a chance to sell it at 40? Probably. I mean, you know, again, long-term thinking, there's no reason why this one shouldn't be a $40 stock. When you look at Bank of America, uh, the book value, let's look at the book value. Uh, the book value is $30.27. So if you buy today at $33, say you get it at $32, your bottom is $30 because that's the book value. If they sold all the, uh, all the assets off, they'd get $30 a share. So that's the way banks trade. So as it goes down towards there, I wanted to bring it up. Uh, the other one that I wanted to bring up in our core portfolio that is, doesn't have a cross up, but is on its way down is Uber. Now, Uber's above its 200 day, which is at $28. You had this golden cross right here, which was about $28. Um, you've got a gap here down to $31.86. If this one gets below 30, I think you're good trading this one and buying it under 30. Uh, I, I like Uber. I think they're the one mobility company that will continue. Your RSI is down at 36. Again, we, we don't have confirmation. You're coming off this 34% gain. Uh, they probably will make more money. Uh, it's significantly expensive. I know, but it is what it is. I think those are the two in the core portfolio that if I had to look at them today and say, hey, I'm going to watch these and see if I can make some money, those are the two. We had tons of scans come up. Uh, first one I'll bring up is Oxy, Occidental Petroleum. They had their earnings. Uh, I say under 60 by this one. You had a cross up here of 59.74. Your uh, ex-dividend date is March 9th. It's not a big dividend. Nothing to write home about. You have a gap here between 61 and 62. Probably needs to be filled. Your 200-day is up at 66. 
Again, under 60, I think you'll get a chance to sell it at over 60 so you can take your profits. I think it's a good investment. Snowflake. Uh, we had a cross-up. It was yesterday, right before earnings at 154. No reason to buy it. Nah. I think you're waiting probably for the, the 120s. If you get a 120 handle on this one, take it. Even though the PE is super high, just add in a couple hundred bucks to Snowflake. Again, long-term, I think you'll be fine. Uh, PayPal had a cross-up. Um, and do, do 7380. Uh, this is one. It's just since earnings, it's just been sold. I mean, you can see it. It, it the 50-day the touches the 200-day, uses it as, a, uh, and it, they're just trading side by side. You've got a gap up here between 83 and 85. At some point, you get up there. Uh, this gap down here that goes down to 71, if you buy it at 73, you might go down to 71. Have your stop losses correct. You could be, if we're going down to the October lows, you could hit the six handles. But have your stop losses correct. I'd say risk 5% to get 10%. Google had a cross up. We talk about anything under 90 on this one. I think it's a buy, $90.67. This one had a 7% run from December to February. Um, It could have gotten out significantly higher at 107. It's just coming off here. It'll probably bounce. I mean, that that 50 days moving down towards that 200-day, Again, I'm probably adding to my position. I bought at 100. I bought when it just crossed 100. I think it was 99.99 was my actual buy. Uh, I added to it. I only added 5% of my position. CRM had a cross up. We talked about this one right before earnings. 165, you're trading at 190 right now. I think that's a $220 stock at some point this year. QCLN, which is the clean technology, um, Clean edge green energy. 5341. I have this in our core portfolio just because this includes solar, it includes Tesla, it includes a hell of a lot of green energy. Uh, and with first solar's um, uh, earnings coming out positive, uh, with Tesla kind of crashing down, you're seeing it move from 53 to 51, but you're under the 200 day. So I think it's, you know, if you get to a 440 handle, I think you could absolutely pull the trigger on that one. TSM, Taiwan Semiconductor. Warren Buffett got in and he got out. Uh, they still provide a significant amount of chips to Apple, uh, to car companies. I mean, Taiwan Semiconductor is the, the, the masters on this. Um, the November low, I'm sorry, yeah, the November lows were around 60. This one's up at 87. It's, the cross-up was at 88. I would like you to come down probably towards the 70 range, 79. Uh, which is where the 200-day is at. I don't know that we're necessarily going to see this this big move back up, but cross-up happened at 88. Uh, it's part of our core portfolio. I don't even know that I'd add in at this one. We talked about the cross-up on PXD. Shell Corporation, which was an upgrade from Goldman Sachs, either yesterday or the day before. Uh, 6172. Uh, this one had a, a cross-up. Uh, your ex-dividend date is already passed. Your earnings have passed so that the catalysts are gone. Uh, but it, it's continuing its way up. Um, I think the Goldman, let me see what the Goldman price was uh, on Shell because I think it was up. Uh, they put the price target at 85 and you're trading at 61. So most likely you still have some room to run, run on that one. NXE, which is Next Gen Energy. I think somebody asked me about this recently too. Uh, this one had a cross up $4.35. So you're right on the 200 day. I think you could get to the, the 480 mark. 
which would put you at about a, a 10, 15% gain. So I think you could, if energy's moving up and this one's moved down and it's using the 200 day as its support level, which it has back here in December, um, then I think you move back up. 435, you're trading at 428, but next gen energy and NXE is the symbol. Uh, Venom, I always call it, but it's Viper Energy, V-N-O-M. This one is under its 200-day, 29.86. Today is the ex-dividend date, so you won't get the dividends. It's already been taken out. But 29.89 is the the buy-in. I think I said 86. 29.89. Trading at 29.55. If energy is going back up and this one goes back to its 200-day, it's a nice just 8% move, 31. You know. Nice little move there for you. Um, VXUS. This is part of our Vanguard total. This is a total international stock fund. 5436 is the cross up. If you think we're moving down, probably wouldn't buy this. This is just how to look at you know some entry points. You don't trade this one. Uh, even though the, uh, the algorithm loses you 6%, buying and holding this one has lost you 12% over two years. Your average win is only 2.69. So this is just looking for entry points. Personally, I probably wouldn't enter this until it dips under the 200-day at 52. So VXUS had a cross-up. VWO, which is the uh, Emerging Markets Vanguard, uh, which is using the 200-day as a support level, about 39, had a cross-up here at $40.17. Again, will you just use this as an entry point? I think you're probably safe buying right at the 200 day. If you're looking at emerging markets and just put looking to put some money in and just kind of let it sit there, eh, that's probably not a bad one. Uh, we talked about uh, spider sectors, XLB. Well, this time we have industrials crossing up. Personally, I think it's a little too high. Uh, I'd probably wait until it's under the 200 day at about 97. This one, you're just looking for entry points because these are long-term buys and holds. These are not ones that you typically just, um, you know, uh, get in and get out. But XLI is one. One that came up, which is interesting, is host hotels. Uh, and this is in my, hey, I want to own it portfolio. Uh, 1702. You can see the MACDs well down. They just had their earnings. They earned 44 cents per share. Uh, the RSI is at 38. Their uh, ex-dividend date is coming up on March 30th. So HST, we'll look at some of the fundamentals. Um, they are making money. Their PE is 19, so it's a little bit expensive. Dividend is 2.82%. Um, they're up 4% this year to date. They're down 2% for one year, which is good because SPY, uh, let's see, what's SPY down? We'll look at S&P. SPY is down 8%. So host hotels beat it. It is not going crazy like the rest of it. It's a REIT. Again, it's 2%. Um, December 5th, Morgan Stanley said, hey, it's a $20 price target. It's trading at $16. So um, they're just two insider sales, and it's only for like $300,000. There's nothing here from an insider standpoint. But it does look like they like to keep it at about $20. Um, You know, September, $21 price target. The average price target is $20.72. And you're trading at $16. So HST is one. I figured I'd bring that one up. Uh, one that you want to look at that I have in my portfolio, I don't have in my portfolio because I got out of all my China stocks, is KWeb. KWeb is the Crane Shares Trust. This is what everybody trades as a general um, a China uh, ETF. 
$30.41. It's above its 200-day at 28. And probably wait for a better better standpoint. There's a, a gap down here between 26 and 27. Uh, I, I'm not still not a huge believer in in uh in uh China, but it, it's up there. Honeywell had a cross up 192.90. Uh, this just a core company. I mean, God, it's a you know a Dow company. Dow, which is Dow Inc. Uh. This is a chemicals company, so it's not the Dow per se. 58.19, personal opinion, it's high. But uh, Intel, I would not be buying this one, but I did want to bring it to you. Uh, it is well under the 200-day. It had a cross up here at 25.33. It is way oversold. Uh, the MACD is way down. Um, it's just not a good company. They, they have no dividend. Um, they're just, I mean, they're, they're sucking out the cost out of this company. And finally, Ford. Ford, uh, $12.45 is the, the buy. The RSI is in no man's land at 47 The MACD just crossed up. That's not a bad buy. But, yeah. Okay, I'm going to keep this one at 40 minutes. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up on the socials. Um, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Go and look at my new haircut on YouTube. Do whatever you need to. Join the private Facebook group. Uh, visible customers, anybody who switched because of me for visible, if you're having a problem, I'm having a problem too. So I'm going to get off here. I'm going to go chat with visible. I cannot send or receive any SMS. Uh, I can still use iMessage. iMessage works. The rest of the country should be on Apple. Uh, I can receive messages through WhatsApp. I can receive messages all through there. Data still works. Phone calls still work. Everything seems to still work. Uh, what doesn't seem to work is just SMS. So I can't communicate with those with uh, Android services, um, which, by the way, green bubbles make me cringe anyway. Uh, but if you have Visible, chat with them. I'm going to chat with them. I was Googling it last night. I was doing I ran down a rabbit hole for about two hours last night. Uh, I couldn't get my two-factor authentication. Um, and that's the biggest issue, is that I can't two-factor authenticate through uh, my, my, my text. Uh, and it's not a huge deal because I do have mostly, uh, most of the time I do have a backup with my Google voice number, which is a 313 number. Um, and so I, I have that number that I can use. Um, but when I don't have it, I can't use two-factor authentication because it just doesn't receive. So I have to go ch chat with Visible. If you switched and it was because of me, my apologies if you're having problems. The customer service is kind of lacking with Visible. It's not great. You can chat with them. They're, they're fairly responsive. Just with this large of an issue, the wait times do get uh, significant. So uh, I am hearing that I deleted my network settings I um reset. I'm sorry. I, I reset my uh, network settings. I have an eSIM, so I'm told that the eSIM is uh uh part of the problem. So uh, I may have to rebuild my eSIM. But I'm also reading some messages that because you can't get two-factor authentication, you can't rebuild the eSIM. But I don't know if that's 100% true. I'm gonna chat with them. I will update you guys later. But thanks for listening. Uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow with the recap. Tomorrow's Friday, so we'll have a recap tomorrow. Take care.